Welcome to the Lifting Lindsay podcast. Today we're going to be talking about using exercises to overload the muscles at different points or at different lengths and positions. The reason why I wanted to talk about this is because if you've been following me for a while, you've heard me explain this before with Instagram stories. If you're newer though, you might watch me break down an exercise and be like, what does this mean? Is she just throwing out words like lengthened mid-short to sound cool? <laughs> I might pick better words if I was trying to impress you with sounding cool. <laughs> I don't know. But no, this is actually a really cool topic. And it's really important to understand if we want to get the biggest bang for our buck when it comes to designing our own programs, or even this will allow you to get a little insight into my own design programming that I do in my training app. So let's break this down. I did a post a few days ago on kickbacks and glute med kickbacks specifically, and I was talking about the height of the pulley and how that actually changes the exercise. So even though we're doing a kickback for both, changing the pulley height changes where the muscle is overloaded. And so it's actually a different exercise in and of itself. And I got a lot of people messaging me, asking me, what does this even mean? What, what short, lengthened, all that jazz? So let's explain that today. So every muscle can be lengthened and then worked through different positions, whether it's a lengthened position a mid position or the short or most can or nearing the more contracted most contracted position so as you contract the muscle the sarcomeres start coming together and overlap and it pulls and shortens the muscle think of it almost like a chain you can lengthen out a chain and as you kind of pull it or scoot it together the chain starts coming together and it starts getting shorter, right? So each muscle can be worked and or overloaded in a lengthened mid or short position. So why do we care about this? Well, most research points that training the muscle in longer positions or lengthened positions, we can get more hypertrophy. There are many studies, and I'll tag some of those in the show notes. There are many different studies that have shown this, and some have shown that slight differences in muscles. For example, one study showed that biceps, it actually might be overloading it more in the mid position that builds the muscle, not in the lengthened, but most muscles it's showing length, working it in that lengthened position is where we're going to build more muscle. But I don't believe in throwing out now all short position exercises just because of this. We need to use this information wisely. So let's review a few different exercises to kind of show you the differences or muscles so, so that we can show you the difference between what this looks like, whether length and mid or short. So let's talk about glutes because this is one I get all the time. People always want to know about glutes. Glutes are fully lengthened when we are doing things like squats. When we get 
hip flexion. Well, what's hip flexion? Hip flexion is closing the gap between our belly and our and our quads, so our, our abs and our quads. Now, we don't need to fold over completely, max hip flexion. We start getting out of an active lengthened position for our glutes, but we need enough hip flexion to lengthen out the glutes because of where they attach on um, that upper, that the femur, that upper leg, and the pelvis. I'm really trying to break this down in the most simple way possible, and it can be a little confusing too because this is a podcast. You're not seeing me, right? So in my membership site that I'm building right now for all of my app users and clients, that should be available next month for all of them. We will have video breakdowns showing the basics of biomechanics, including things like the lengthening out muscles and what that looks like as far as length and mid and short. But for right now, you can get an idea of this and how we can lengthen out the glutes by just getting appropriate hip flexion. So because, like I said, because of where the glutes attach on the the pelvis and the femur, as we descend down into the squat and lean over a bit, we can get good hip flexion. So that's going to lengthen out the glute max as we get into that position. A good example of glutes being worked in more of that shortened position would be when we do things that require the leg to extend back, the opposite movement. So instead of hip flexion, we want hip extension. So examples of this are going to be glute bridges, hip thrusts, cable kickbacks, 45 degree hip extension. That's going to be working more of that shortened, contracted position of the glutes. Now, studies have shown that things like squats did build the glutes more than things like hip thrusts did. This doesn't surprise anyone who really understands biomechanics or who has read a lot of the research around where most hypertrophy comes from. It really was a very well done study. And so a lot of glute gains are going to be had in more of those length and mid positions. So let's talk about hamstrings now. So for the hamstrings to be lengthened, we need to get some hip flexion and then that straight leg, which is why straight leg deadlift or seated leg curls are going to be working more of that lengthened position for the hamstrings. This short position, we need minimal hip flexion and knee flexion. So this is why lying leg curls is a great way to work the hamstrings more in a short position. So likewise, a study comparing both of these showed that the seated, which works the hamstrings, except for the short head of the biceps femurs, but works most of the hamstrings in a lengthened position, did get more hypertrophy of the hamstrings than just doing the lying leg curl. Now, I don't want you to think that the short position is useless because it's not. 
we can use this knowledge to help us make better programming and exercise selection. So for example, the other day I was scrolling through Instagram and I saw a fitness influencer's glute program. And frankly, she had amazing glutes. So I understand why somebody would instantly jump onto this idea that, oh, this is a great program because look at her. The problem with people with great genetics plus not knowing biomechanics and program design and exercise selection is that they tend to choose a lot of sensation-based work. Now, what I mean by this is when I looked at what she was saying her glute day was or this program that she was trying to sell, it was 90% short position glute movements. Well, why would somebody choose 90% short position? Well, because that shortened position tends to provide a lot of sensation. It really does. So people will oftentimes say to me, I feel my glutes working more in a glute bridge versus the bottom of a squat. So does that mean that the bottom of a squat is useless and that person will build more in the short position, that top position of the, the glute bridge? No, we just barely went through this, that more hypertrophy happens in the bottom. But more neurological feedback is actually going to be felt in that short position. So this is why a lot of people, when they don't understand the basics of biomechanics and program design, will choose a lot of short position exercises because they get a lot of sensation. They feel it a lot. So someone would feel a lot, but not build a lot. You see the problem there? So the program was banded glute kickbacks at every angle, side, like walking with bands, abductor machine, rainbow kicks. All of that is short position. And the side walking with bands thing is not even going to be glute max here. This isn't, this is going to be a very sensation-based workout. You're going to feel a lot, but not build a lot. Now, unless you have great genetics, which, you know, 99% of people don't, they're not going to see a lot of gains from this type of programming. And then there was some low weight, uh, wide stance pulsing at the bottom of a squat. Now the wide stance squat is going to bias more adductors. That doesn't mean that there's no glute max contribution, but it, it just means that the adductors will actually be lined up better to do most of the movement. So kind of reviewing, and I don't mean to be rude about anybody's programming, but just kind of reviewing that. I'm like, okay, this was somebody with great genetics who likes the feel of these exercises and, and wanted to write a program and put it out there. The problem is, is that program uh, is not optimized towards hypertrophy in any sort of way. So let me give you some tips and guidance to how to use all of this information. How can all of this information be applied so that we're not just turning our wheels, getting frustrated because things aren't changing, right? That's, that's where frustration comes from. 
is these unmet expectations. You buy a program, you expect to build, you put in the effort. Why isn't anything changing? One, we've talked about this before. It could be that you're not eating enough. It could be that you're not uh, even working close to failure enough. So effort in the gym is a big deal. But also, it really could come down to the program really isn't very optimized. It's basically based off of feelings versus science. So let me give you some tips if you want to write your own programming to kind of play around with this. So I like to break things down into primary movements, which are going to overload things more in that lengthened position, supportive movements, which are going to overload more in maybe that mid-short, and then accessory movements. Accessory movements are going to be things like, I, I include kickbacks as an accessory because we really don't have a lot of stability to maximize huge output and loads, right? So it's just kind of, I look at this as the cherry on top, if you will. So if we're, okay, let's use, let's use a cupcake as an example here. So the cupcake, the uh, cake itself is going to be that the primary movements, right? And then the icing on top is going to be the supportive, which would be mid-short. And then the cherry on top would be the accessory movements. So when you really want to see growth on a certain muscle, two to three exercises, well-chosen movements can really be all you need in a day. So let's just break this down for glutes. A primary movement for the glutes, maybe I would choose a squat, a glute emphasis squat, which would be a more of a narrow stance. You only need to get to about parallel to the floor and is going to be enough hip flexion. Sometimes when we move down further, studies have shown that now this is going to tend to build more of quads. So a glute emphasis squat would be the primary movement. If you're not very good at a glute emphasis squat, then you could do an RDL or you could even choose a leg press. Okay, so that would be the primary movements. Basically with primary movements, we can move a lot of weight. Okay, so we're setting the muscle up to be overloaded in that length and mid-range and be able to do a ton of work there. The supportive is going to now be a mid-short. So that supportive movement, we still want to be able to load it really well and have the load be in that mid-short position. So I would choose a glute bridge. And then accessory work, I really only do accessory work when somebody has more of a, let's say they came to me saying, my goal is to build my glutes. Okay, so their programming is going to be more of a glute bias programming. And that's when I find accessory work important because this person has possibly already built, come to me as maybe more advanced. And so now we can just kind of add the cherry on top with rounding things out with accessory. And so I would probably be doing with them some accessory work like glute mead cable kickbacks 
even just like the side cable kickback where we can get a little glute meat there and some TFL. So that's how I would set up a really good program. This would be great because there's not a lot of junk volume. You're going in maximizing off of two movements, being able to really push and give it your all, and then you're done with that muscle. So hopefully this episode has been really helpful with you to understand that that an exercise is not just an exercise. Just because somebody says this quote unquote works your glutes. Okay, how does it work your glutes? In what position? Are you able to get good stability and maximize effort? Because those things will contribute to whether it is a smart choice per your goal. So hopefully this has given you an idea of how I program, how I really think through the movements and how we're loading them. And then if you also want to do your own programming, then you can kind of go off of this template of, okay, what are primary movements? What are supportive? And those are the two that I basically need. If you want to do an emphasis, then you can add some accessory. But for example, if it's bicep day, I'll have just a primary movement, maybe an incline dumbbell curl, because that's going to work it in its lengthened, overload it in its mid. It's a great movement. And then the supportive movement, will be me doing maybe a high cable curl where your arm comes up and is about parallel to the floor. And with a cable, you're able to get into that short position of the bicep. Usually those two, the the primary movement and the supportive, is enough for that day with biceps. So When we learn to train smart, we can maximize our efforts and time in the gym. And so that's why I really preach optimizing programming. Because if somebody's going in and just choosing sensation-based work, and they go in, they work so hard, and they're like, why aren't I seeing results? It really does come down to, well, the, the programming can really influence it. And that can be frustrating going in and working really, really hard and not seeing results. So we never want somebody to get frustrated with the process. The process already takes long enough. We already have to be patient enough. We want to maximize our efforts with some great optimized programming. Thank you so much for joining me today on the Lifting Lindsay podcast. If you have any questions, shoot me a DM on Instagram. You can follow me there at Lifting Lindsay. You can also go to liftinglindsay.com and sign up for my optimized training app. I do all the thinking for you. I do all the work for you. You go, well, I don't do all the work for you. You got to go into the gym and do the work. But a lot of times people are like, I don't have time to be thinking about this and studying this through. So let me do that for you. You can go there and sign up for that. Or you can go and check out my basic and optimized coaching options for nutrition help. I only work off my wait list. So how that works is you choose the coaching you want. You get on the wait list. As soon as there's an opening, I'm going to send out a text and an email, and it is first come, 
first serve. Have a wonderful week. I love you guys. Talk to you later.